0: You are listening to Political Undercurrents, your Daily Dive. Welcome to Political Undercurrents, your Daily Dive. Today, we explore French President Macron's efforts to bolster European support for Ukraine amidst rising tensions with Russia. Meanwhile, German Chancellor Scholz's cautious stance on military aid to Ukraine prompts questions about NATO's strategy. In Brussels, the European Commission considers releasing funds to Poland amid rule-of-law concerns. Lastly, the US raises alarm over Chinese security forces' involvement in Pacific Islands, reflecting escalating geopolitical tensions. Join us as we delve into these complex issues shaping Europe's present and future. On to our first story, French President Emmanuel Macron has taken a prominent role in rallying support for Ukraine amidst its ongoing conflict with Russia. In a significant move, Macron hosted a summit at the Elysee Palace where he engaged with the European leaders to discuss the situation in Ukraine and the broader implications for European security. Macron's approach underscores a readiness to explore all options including the potential involvement of Western troops to support Ukraine against Russia's aggression. Macron's call to action is driven by the critical juncture at which the conflict stands and the heightened aggression from Russia not only towards Ukraine, but against Europe as a whole. He emphasised the necessity for Europe to take the initiative, highlighting concerns over the United States' continued support and the potential for a new Russian offensive aimed at destabilizing Ukraine and its allies. The summit saw participation from 25 European leaders, signaling a unified front against Russian aggression. Macron's stance is clear. The defeat of Russia is deemed essential for the security and stability of Europe. This perspective is particularly relevant in the context of wavering US support, with Macron asserting that Europe must ensure Ukraine's victory, independently of the political landscape in the United States. While there was no consensus on deploying ground troops to Ukraine, the leaders agreed on launching new initiatives to support Ukraine, including non-military forces to secure its border with Belarus and demining operations. Macron hinted at the possibility that these efforts could necessitate some level of troop deployment, marking a significant development in the EU's approach to the conflict. Macron also took a moment to critique the hesitance of some European leaders, particularly German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, regarding military support for Ukraine. He recalled previous instances of reluctance from European partners to provide substantial aid to Ukraine and lamented Germany's opposition to EU defence bonds. Macron's remarks reflect a broader call for unity and action within the EU to address the crises effectively. The French president's leadership is evident in his commitment to bolstering support of Ukraine through increased aid, including ammunitions and missiles, and advocating for joint initiatives such as a coalition for sending more weapons and a Czech-led initiative for purchasing shells. Moreover, Macron highlighted the need for stricter sanctions against firms and countries that indirectly support Russia's military efforts, signalling a robust approach to countering Russian aggression. Macron's efforts to rally Ukraine's allies and his comprehensive plan to support Ukraine mark a pivotal moment in the EU's response to the conflict. With the US seeming less engaged, Macron's leadership fills a crucial gap, demonstrating France's commitment to leading the alliance in support of Ukraine and European security. Now, on to our second story. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz's comments before attending the Ukraine summit in Paris have stirred controversy and raised questions about the dynamic of NATO support for Ukraine. Scholz expressed opposition to sending Taurus cruise missiles to Ukraine, citing concerns over the need for German soldiers to program these missiles with Russian targets, which he feared could escalate tensions or potentially lead to a direct conflict between NATO and Russia. Scholz's statement not only highlighted Germany's cautious stance, but also inadvertently cast a spotlight on the actions of its allies, specifically the United Kingdom and France. By mentioning that these countries are engaged in target management and support for Ukraine, Scholz implied that their actions could endanger NATO by risking a direct confrontation with Russia. This revelation puts additional pressure on the alliance raises questions about the unity and strategy behind NATO's support for Ukraine. The refusal to provide Taurus missiles to Ukraine, according to Scholz, is to avoid such escalation. However, this rationale has been met with scepticism. Critics argue that Germany could circumvent the issue by allowing other nations like France or Britain to manage the targeting process, thus maintaining a degree of separation from direct involvement this suggests that Scholz's concerns may also encompass the potential strategic implications of such weapons being used against critical Russian infrastructure such as the Kerch bridge which serves as a vital supply route linking occupied Crimea with Russia Scholz's stance is particularly delicate given the broader commitment by the German Bundestag and his governing coalition to support Ukraine in reclaiming all its occupied territories including Crimea This places him on a precarious political ground, navigating between his caution against escalation and the legislative and political mandates to support Ukraine fully. Meanwhile, the situation in Poland, with the farmers' protests at the border of Ukraine, introduces another layer of complexity to regional dynamics. These protests threaten to strain the alliance between Kiev and Warsaw, two crucial partners in the response to the conflict with Russia. The upcoming meeting between the governments of Poland and Ukraine in Warsaw aims to address and hopefully resolve this crisis, underscoring the multifaceted challenges facing the coalition supporting Ukraine. On to our third story. The European Commission is deliberating on a significant proposal by Ursula von der Leyen to release 137 billion euros in EU funds to Poland. These funds, which include payments from the Next Generation EU Fund and Cohesion Funds, have been withheld due to concerns over Poland's adherence to rule of law standards. This development is notable against the backdrop of efforts by Poland's new government under the leadership of pro-EU Prime Minister Donald Tusk, to mend fences with Brussels. The government has been actively working to restore rule of law principles in Poland, a move soon as crucial for regaining access to EU funds. However, challenges remain, as the Polish government has encountered difficulties in reversing decisions that the EU courts have identified as undermining judicial independence. Notably, Poland's president, Andrzej Duda vetoed attempts to address these issues, complicating the path to compliance with EU rule of law criteria. Despite these obstacles, von der Leyen's announcement to release the funds signals a strong vote of confidence in Poland's direction under its new leadership. This decision is pivotal, considering the significant amount of money at stake and its potential impact on Poland's economy and its relationship with the EU. The Commissioners' meeting in Strasbourg is focused on discussing this proposal with an expectation that a formal decision will not be made immediately, but will proceed through a written procedure by the end of the week. This step marks a critical juncture in EU-Poland relations, highlighting the ongoing dialogue between the two entities and the EU's broader efforts to uphold its rule of law standards. Now on to our fourth and final story. The United States has expressed concern over the involvement of Chinese security forces in Pacific Island nations, particularly after reports emerged that Chinese police officers are operating in Kiribati, an atoll nation near Hawaii. Kiribati's acting police commissioner, Iri Atiria, disclosed that uniformed Chinese officers were collaborating with local police on Community Policing and a Crime Database Programme. This development is part of a broader push by Beijing to strengthen security ties in the Pacific Islands amidst escalating rivalry with the United States. The US State Department, responding to these reports, criticised the move, arguing that the importation of security forces from the People's Republic of China, the PLC, into the Pacific Island countries could exacerbate regional and international tensions, rather than aid them. The US also voiced its opposition to China's transnational repression efforts as it attempts to establish police stations globally, citing concerns over the potential impact of security agreements and cyber cooperation with the PLC on the autonomy of Pacific Island nations. Kiribati is strategically significant due to its proximity to Hawaii, and its vast Exclusive Economic Zone, which spans more than 3.5 million square kilometres of the Pacific. The island hosts a Japanese satellite tracking station, and there are plans by China to rebuild a World War II-era US military airstrip on Canton Island in Kiribati, which has raised concerns in the US. In response, the US has pledged to upgrade the wharf on Canton Island, and expressed its intention to open an embassy in Kiribati. While China has not officially commented on the presence of its police in Kiribati, its embassy there has acknowledged the head of the Chinese police station in Kiribati in a social media post. Kiribati's acting police commissioner clarified that, although China has provided policing assistance upon Kiribati's request, there is no Chinese police station in the country. Uniformed Chinese police officers have been present in Kiribati on a six month rotation since their arrival last year. The involvement of these police in the Solomon Islands since 2022 under a secret security pact has also been criticised by Washington and Canberra, highlighting concerns over regional stability. Additionally, Papua New Guinea recently declined a Chinese offer for police assistance and surveillance technology amid negotiations for a policing deal with China that drew criticism from the United States and Australia. China's broader ambitions in the Pacific, including its proposal for a region-wide security and trade deal rejected by the Pacific Islands Forum in 2022 and its release of a map claiming a vast proportion of the South China Sea Underscore the growing political tensions in these strategically crucial areas. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Political Undercurrents, your daily dive. We hope you've gained valuable insights into the complex world of global politics. Remember, our mission is to keep you informed and engaged with the undercurrents that drive change and influence decisions on a daily basis. Stay tuned for our next episode, and until then, keep exploring the depths of political knowledge. I'm Alexander Quilliam, and this has been Political Undercurrents. Have a successful day.